Hello, everyone. Hello, my fellow participants in the dialogue about health, healing, consciousness, spirituality, and search for meaning. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. Dialogue is not a monologue. The word dialogue literally means conversation with. I am having a conversation with you on these subjects. So if at any moment you want to call and, and have this dialogue and share your thoughts, ask questions, you're welcome to call at 888-874-4888. Again, 888-874-4888. And if you would like to send me an email, uh, you can send me uh, the email to this address. Dr. Peter Resnick at gmail.com. D R P T E R R E Z N I K at gmail.com. Though I received uh, this email from Steve, uh, I think it was in response to the last week's show I want to share with you. It says, Hey man, cut off, cut it off, stop talking about politics. Everybody talks about politics. It takes us nowhere. And anyway, you're not nasty enough to talk about politics. And that's not what we expect from you. Do your toolbox thing. Finish talking about happiness. Give us happiness, man. That's a very sweet uh, email. Thank you. And it's true. Uh, three weeks ago, I started our conversation about happiness and we got detoured into other issues. Okay, let's finish with happiness. So that at the end of this show, you will walk away and live happily ever after. Um, so two weeks ago, I spoke to you about the obstacles on the way to achieving happiness. Let me quickly rehash what I said, but just quickly, and then we'll talk about uh, steps you can make or we can make to work toward achieving happiness. So the obstacles we spoke about were one is that our nature is such that, that it's never enough. And I spoke about this idea of not being completely satisfied. Um, that is, no matter what you have, unfortunately, or one has, one always can thrive, and it sounds good, uh, toward more, or toward better. The problem is that it may become a life goal on itself, on its own. And then all you do is you're trying to get a little more, you get, you're getting a better car, or a bigger house, or a prettier wife, or it, the list is endless. And uh, after being satisfied for a while, then suddenly you feel that's not enough and you're ready for something else for the next step for something better. So one obstacle, big obstacle is, is that we it's a natural tendency not to be satisfied and a person needs to decide before they go after something, when and what is enough? Uh, and make a decision that once I have that, 
I will go in depth of enjoying, appreciating what I have achieved rather than uh, going for the next step. Because I have seen people who never stop and don't know how to enjoy life, to enjoy their achievements, because there is always this anxiety about the next step and the next uh, ladder, uh, a run on the ladder of this self, whether it's self-mastery or achievement. The, the next obstacle was um, expectations, that we create these expectations and attach our all energy to fulfill that expectation. Meanwhile, uh, our life may change, our views may change, but we sacrifice uh, everything on that altar of that image, that, that idol that we created. I want to do that, or I want to be that, or I want to achieve that. We create this clear image of what we want, and uh, most of the time, our expectations are never fulfilled. That, that's the problem. I'm not sure if I gave you the, the chart. So let me repeat uh, quickly the chart because uh, it's, it's a whole practice that you can get uh, involved with because it's very important to have intentions that is uh, something that you want to, to accomplish but not a clear expectation and attachment to that expectation of exactly what outcome has to come. We can do our best to work toward fulfilling the intention, but we cannot expect that exactly what we, that image that we created will be fulfilled. Because just think uh, in your mind, or if you can write down the word expectations. Mm -hmm. As I said, most of the time, if not all the time, our expectations are not fulfilled 100%. So when you have expectations, make a little arrow down. Most of the time, you are disappointed, which already takes you away, further away from happiness. When you are disappointed, make a little arrow down. You hurt. Um, make a little arrow down from hurt. When you hurt, you blame others make error to the left, others, and one error to the right, yourself. When you blame others, you make error, an error down from others, you feel angry, how dare they, and so on, so on. And if you blame yourself, then you feel, make four errors, you feel uh, angry, or insecure, I'm no good, not good enough, how could I not accomplish this and that, or you feel guilty, why do I let myself down, or you feel fearful, I will never accomplish what I want. And so if you feel fearful, guilty, uh, insecure, or angry, um, within one to 24 hours, you will have some physical symptoms in your body and or an addictive craving to substance or some undesirable behavior. And that would be still okay if at that moment you would catch yourself and say, oops, here go, uh, it's, it's a result of this expectation that I created. But most of the time, people uh, judge where they are and go, look at me, I am whatever, 50, 40, 60 years old, and I'm still uh, driving myself crazy. And he goes, here goes another expectation, 
I must be more evolved. And then it starts a new cycle. If not, you are not evolved, so you're disappointed, you're hurt, and so on. And it's like a vicious cycle. So the most important, if you again want, want to be happy, is to drop expectations. You have an intention, you want to accomplish that. And then that's why we say God willing, or hopefully it will happen. But then you work and you um, resign yourself, you decide that whatever comes out, you will accept. That is, the outcome is not in your hands. So the third obstacle to happiness is equating success with happiness. That is, even if you have the uh, intentions and your intentions are fulfilled, uh, it doesn't mean that it will make you happy. You may feel contented um, for some time, uh, and you may then come up with new intentions uh, and again feel contented, but not necessarily happy. Accomplishments or success, whether it's financial success or social success, it's something that you are receiving. And most of the time when people receive, they can be satisfied. But in my experience and experience of, of many other people who I interviewed, they're not happy. It's not a state of happiness. We'll get later to what a state of happiness is. So we're so far talking about uh, obstacles. So do not think that accomplishing something, building that company or, or designing that project uh, will make you happy. It's a nice thing to do, as I quoted my, uh, my teacher of blessed memory, Colette, who said, uh, happiness cannot be a goal, it's only a consequence. So uh, you may be hap happy as a consequence of your success, but you may not. You, you have to accept that uh, success and happiness are not the same. Just accept that you achieved something and you are contented with it. Uh, but happiness, we'll get to it later. But if you expected that once you succeed with something, that you will be happy and then you will be very disappointed. And that goes uh, back to the expectation. Uh, we spoke about it and then you're disappointed and go back to that vicious cycle. Uh, the next trap uh, or obstacle to be happy to happiness is seeking unconditional love, unconditional love, uh, possibly, uh, I didn't have personal conversation, but uh, God has unconditional love to us, but I don't think so, because even in the Bible it's written, I will reward those who love me, and I will punish those who hate me. So it's not, it's, it is conditional, or you can say it's unconditional, because uh, punishment is a, is a form of uh, love also, because when we, let's say, give consequences to punishment to our children, we, we do it out of love, so they would learn the lessons. So that can you can make a case for that too. But in a relationship with other people, love is conditional. Unconditional love, you, let's say you are with your spouse, and let's say spouse begins to look at somebody else uh, in a lustful way, and say you love that person so much that you say, oh, yes, go and enjoy yourself. 
But no, if you love that person, you want to have this intimacy with that person and not that person going um, everywhere um, uh, with other people. So there are certain conditions and it's just a matter of uh, the right fit. Uh, you have to decide what is a deal breaker for you and what you are willing to forfeit. And that's it. The relationship is always about give, hopefully. A, a good relationship is not about give and take. It's about give. And when two people give from their heart, then the relationship really works. Uh, but when they, when they don't break the boundaries that the other person creates, which means what are the deal breakers? And that's a couple decides. It's within each couple, it's a unique um, rules. And finally, the next obstacle, probably there are other obstacles that I don't know about them, or they don't come to my mind right now. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people have natural tendency for negativity, seeing first negative and then being sucked by the negativity and spend hours, sometimes days, focusing on misery rather than focusing on what's good. You know, there is the expression that half, seeing a cup half full or half empty. And there are people, unfortunately, and many people who see what is missing, the, the half um, empty cup. Excuse me. <clears throat> so that that involves a practice. There is nothing you cannot just decide, okay, I will be positive and become positive, snap out of negativity. No. Uh, if this is a pattern, if you are over the age of 25, and I'm sure that I'm certain most of my listeners are over the age of 25, then you have firmly established habit, thinking habit. That is, you immediately focus on what's negative. And my advice, it's a very simple tool. You take three weeks and make a decision, let's say as of now, 2.15 Eastern Daytime, um, and you decide for three weeks, I will try to snap out of negativity, and each time neg something negative comes, which means you still have to address if, if there is an obstacle or challenge you need to overcome, but you don't want to dwell in, in, in misery. You don't want to judge the event. Let's say something broke. You still have to fix it. Uh, computer is down. Uh, you have to re reboot it or whatever. It's just, oh, look at this. What, what a miserable life. Why does it happen to me? That's, that's negativity. That's what takes, and again, if only you would spend a minute or two. Some people think of somebody's that somebody told them something or, or disrespected them and there is nothing they can change about it or, or they can make up their mind. They will speak to that person. This is it. It's finished. And yet they will spend all day thinking about different scenarios and how dare that person could do that and so on. That's an absolute waste of time. So all, all you do, again, as I said, you decide for three weeks Anytime neg negative thoughts come, you simply say, oops, that's it. If you want some imagery with it, 
you can th say oops and see yourself pressing, flushing down this into the toilet. So water goes and then go right back to what to what is. And that may be a problem that you need to face. But facing the problem, particularly if you can find ways to address it, actually can bring you satisfaction. Where just uh, blaming somebody or focusing on why it happened just keeps you miserable. So let's, that, that's so far what we did cover and just reminding you of what we spoke about. And now let's talk about what makes us happy. So if you have a pen or paper, or maybe I'm outdated now, uh, you, if you can type on your cell phone or on the computer, please write or type a, a sentence. What makes me happy? And now I will give you a little time. And write every single thing that you you know makes you happy. Not satisfied, but let's say uh, uh, Jerry Garcia from Ben and Jerry. That's my favorite ice cream. Uh, it doesn't make me happy, but it tastes good. I, I enjoy it. That's not what I mean. I'm talking about something that really makes you happy, that you you know, you know, like, you know the difference. I hope you know. Some people, unfortunately, don't at all because I've never been happy. But those who know what it is to be happy know. It's just like knowing what love is. If, if I say to someone, do you love your husband or do you love this person? And they go, well, what is love? He is this. And, and then I say, did you ever love a person? And they begin begin to say, what is love? Then I know they didn't know what love is. They did not unfortunately experience love. But if you talk to a person who experienced love, and you say to them, you love this person, they immediately say yes, or no. Or if I say, did you experience love with someone, they search in their mind, and they say yes, they know the difference. So the same thing with happiness. And I hope a lot of people who are listening to me now can write a list of things that make you happy. And um, at this point, if you would like to call, I would very much appreciate uh, you calling and sharing with, uh, with us uh, what makes you happy, what makes you feel this way. What my my thesis, what I suggest, and and you can please again call and uh, give your opinion. But my feeling is that if you wrote a number of things, uh, several things at least, none of them are complicated things or connected with making extra thousand or extra million or getting an extra car uh, or 
maybe sometimes being promoted or climbing on the ladder of your business. But most of the time, what makes people happy, and I ask this question um, to those who come to see me uh, for counseling, most of the time, uh, these are very, very simple things. In the morning, having a cup of coffee and talking to my wife or my husband, uh, playing with my children. That is, most of the things uh, do not require too much money. They are simple things about mostly involving a relationship with someone we care for. So um, nobody is calling with, with their list, but I hope some of you are making this list. Uh, because all, all those things, often people write, uh, I, I, I like to spend time, I, I, I'm happy with my, when I'm with my family. In, oh, in fact, somebody is coming to my mind now who said, I'm happiest when I'm with my wife. I'm happiest when we have a meal uh, with my sons uh, and my wife and, and we just have a conversation. And then I asked this person, how often do you get together as a family? And he said, well, you know, everybody is so busy, maybe once in two weeks. What, what, what is life about? And this particular person I'm thinking about is, is running his own company, super busy, and makes a lot, a lot of money. But, but his children are busy with their own things. They, he barely sees them. Uh, with his wife, he claims he loves her very much, but never finds time to spend really with her, because I spoke to her too, and she says, you know, maybe 15 minutes every evening they spend talking and then he goes to sleep, he continues doing some work and she goes to sleep and he comes while she's already asleep to bed. So what I'm saying is if you wrote on the list and there are things that make you happy, you know them, then make it possible for you to experience that happiness. That is, you have to facilitate environment, you can create an environment that is conducive to for you to enjoy to be happy. It doesn't happen for you, you have to create it. Let's go on now. Uh, so what makes people let's go beyond the list uh, that you wrote because each each person has their own list. Um, and um, you, so far, nobody calls sharing with their list. But I, I can tell you what my list of happiness, what comes to me right away is, is when I spend time with my son, Aaron, uh, when I spend time with my daughter, Hannah, when I talk to my nephews. Um, I, I would say I lately became kind of, I would say it contributes to my happiness knowing ladies and gentlemen, that that we can talk, that, that I have this responsive group of people that, um, I don't know, now it's it's between satisfaction and happiness. Now, maybe not, maybe I exaggerate a little bit, maybe it's not happiness, but definitely it's moving there. 
what else? Yeah, I, I would say that I am really happy being on the beach and swimming. That's one activity that, but you see, again, it doesn't, you can go to the beach, you know, during the summer. Yes, I was just in Florida and I would go to the beach. Again, it costs no money, though, you, yes, you have to fly to Florida. But now I'm in the cold New York. Once it's warmer in May, June, I will go to the beach. You know, you just need to drive. If you have a car, I have a car. If not, you can take a train and go to the beach. If you love, if you make, it makes you happy, you go to the beach. As I said, most of the things um, don't require money. It's, it's just having things that are fulfilling and meaningful. So another thing that makes most people happy is when they do something. Yeah, that's why you see I'm telling you that I, it's between uh, contented and happy uh, doing this um, show. Viktor Frankl, remember, wrote in Man's Search for Meaning that what what makes us survive, even in most difficult circumstances, is having meaning. I find these shows meaningful. I find my work meaningful. So, yeah, I could say that I am happy doing the work that I do, the mind-body integrative therapy. In fact, I spoke uh, to a friend. We spoke about what we do. And I said that if I could go back uh, 40 years back, you know, when I came to the United States and I chose to continue this path because I started it back in the Soviet Union, I could choose finances, I could choose doing investments and so on. And probably I would be much wealthier person. I'm not a wealthy person now. But I am so happy that I made the choice that I made because this work is so fulfilling. So I would say fulfillment, doing something meaningful, gets you closer to being happy. Yeah. So the, uh, probably this is the second thing. After after um, my relationship with my children uh, is having this meaningful work that you do. And of course, you know, if you have a, a loving relationship, uh, then then that's that also can make you feel happy or miserable if it's not a loving relationship. So but then you can work on making it loving or <laughs> get out of it and and look for something that will be more more fulfilling and therefore you can get closer to happiness. So except um, the second uh, thing about like generic, what makes people happier is accepting that life is challenging. Uh, it pro probably, I should have said it when we were speaking about obstacles uh, on the way to happiness, that is, people find uh, stresses of life uh, overwhelming and making them unhappy. I, um, stress, in fact, stress is not so bad. In fact, the word stress comes from Latin word distringere, which literally means to stretch out. So stressful situations um, 
force us to stretch out, to make an effort, to go beyond the habitual, actually force us to, to become better at whatever we, we're doing in our lives, um, uh, to deal with uh, everyday challenges and to deal with uh, challenges that the whole society uh, faces, right? like we experience stress of, stress of, of uh, covering long distances, going from place to place. So we stretched ourselves and we invented means of transportation and so on and so on. It's really the stress, the challenges that come in our lives are vehicles or, that propel us to grow. If we look at it this way, then we, we feel totally different about the stressors. In fact, the Greek philosopher Epictetus 2,500 years ago said, uh, it's not the things or events that affect us, but the attitude that we take toward them. So when stresses of life come, you, you just accept them. You change your attitude toward the, the challenges that come in your life. In fact, something just came to my mind about a man I, I know is happy. And that's, that's a salfadera. Yeah, fadera in Italian means hat. So Sal the hat. Who is Sal? Sal was my hairdresser. Those of you who know me or who see my, my face probably smile because what kind of hairdresser? I am completely bald. Yes, but I was not bald always. Uh, and I had a hairdresser. Of course, I wouldn't pay so much money uh, because uh, Salfadera was the uh, world champion among hairdressers. Believe it or not, there are in the world 1,100 different associations in different countries of the world, 1,100 different groups of hairdressers that all compete in the world. And Salfadera became uh, a world champion. Oh, I see somebody send me an uh, email. E from Edgewater is next. Oh, wonderful. I was about, let's remember, I wanted to tell you the story about Salfadera. But first, we'll take the call of E from Edgewater. E from Edgewater on the air. Hello? Thank you. Uh Good afternoon, Dr. Good afternoon. Resnick. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Uh, I was just wondering while you're talking about happiness. Yes. Uh, what does a person do if he feels that this world has been an illusion? You know, mm. I, I, I grew up in the world. My first 30 years, I lived the way most people lived. Mm -hmm. And then I saw that there was a different way to, to uh, particularly with our diet of food that we eat. And I changed my diet and I started seeing different things that I wasn't seeing before. And then I started to realize that this country that we're living in annihilated a whole group of people, millions of people, so they could make the world the way they want it to be. So, the only ones who can be happy are these people that manipulated all of us 
into believing something that never was true. So mm. how can you find happiness once you realize that that's a truism, that, that, that that's a fact? How can mm. you then be happy in this world? Because in order for you to be happy, all of this manipulation and illusion has to be conquered and then the new thing will have to be reborn into the system to make things more fair again. Yes. Thank you, uh, E. Thank you so much for bringing this question up. I, I, I empathize so much with you. Uh, I totally understand the shock. If you believe the world is one way, and suddenly you wake up and realize that the world works totally following different rules, and you were totally in ignorance. I understand it because hey, I lived it. I actually experienced exactly what you, uh, even more, two times. The first time I was in the Soviet Union, brainwashed like all kids in school, believing that it was the best country in the world, that all people, you know, in Western countries are suffering. And I was so fortunate to be born. In fact, we were told we are the sixth, one sixth territory of the whole planet. And you were fortunate to be born on this. You could be born somewhere else. And we really felt happy. I felt this way till the age of 16. Yes, we didn't have enough food, but still we were much better off than everybody else. And I believed everything. And then the day I went at the age of 17 to work at the factory, I saw that everything was lies. And I met workers who were telling me that, oh, don't you know, this is all nonsense. It's all for communists and we are just their slaves. And my eyes opened within three months once I started. So that was the first time. The second time was when I finally, you know, became enlightened, so to speak, came to the United States. And I thought then I started listening to BBC and Voice of America. And I thought, this is a free country. This is a wonderful country. It's an amazing country. And then I came to the United States and I started discovering that, wow, this country really has problems. And it's not as as perfect as I thought. And now I'm learning more and more. So you are in the and I are in the same place in terms of of facing this rude awakening. Possibly, possibly, we have one difference. I just quoted, you probably heard Epictetus, who said it's not the things or events that affect us, but the attitude we take toward them. My attitude maybe is different than yours. Let's say if you slept uh, and you uh, had a dream that you are your prince and you live in a palace. And it was a very nice dream. And then you woke up and it's, you know, dreary. Uh, the window is open and cold is coming in and the, the floor is not clean. And you, you, you're hungry. In fact, you remember that you went to sleep and you were hungry. When... So there are two ways you can look at it. You can say, life sucks, I wish I never woke up, what a miserable life. Or you can say, wow, what a life, 
in my, in my imagination I had. That's incredible. And I saw these beautiful images. What can I do today, right now, to make, I cannot make myself a prince in the palace, but what can I do to make it a little more joyful? I had a nice meal. Okay, let me get up. No, this apartment stinks. It's messy. Let me put it in order. Let me close the window so it wouldn't be so cold. Let me make a fire. Let me make a a beautiful breakfast, like I, as if I'm a prince. You see what I mean? So you yeah, choose an attitude, and you choose to accept what is, and work toward making is a better place. What do you think? E? Well, that's sort of like making believe that what I just said for you know five minutes that that didn't exist. I mean, I'm talking about concrete things like I grew, I was born into this world, 1954. My parents told me this is what we, this is how we eat. This is the food we eat. The government tells us that we need to follow the food pyramid and eat this, this meat and this stuff and all these things are going to be good for us. If we drink milk, cow's milk, we're going to grow strong and healthy and be great. And if we go to the dentist and let him put mercury in our mouth, it's mm -hmm. going to be wonderful. I ran home and I used to look at it. Oh, look at the nice silver in my mouth now, thinking that that was something good. They told me they were going to do good things for us. That's a blatant lie. That was the second deadliest element known to man. They were putting in little boys and girls' teeth. Yes. How could that be? How could we be living in such a... Uh, an evil place yes. that would want to do that to its citizens, that the leaders of that we elected to serve us want to kill us. When you realize that, Dr. Resnick, yes. then you're just making believe. Uh, e oh, wait, 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 wait. I have to tell you something. First of all, it's amazing. You know, it's not by a chance you're calling now. Guess what? I was born August 2nd, 1954. You I, and I are the same age. And I was also, well, I got believe... by a month. Yeah, you see? I'm September. September. Oh, okay. Oh, well, you're a baby. You're a month younger than me. Yeah, I'm a little baby. Yes, you are younger a month. So, right. yeah, look, look what happens. Uh, yes, I was also told the same what you were told. And... Uh, I also had mercury feelings, and then when my blood was tested, my mercury and normal is from 3 to 12, whatever it's counting, I don't know, but I remember it was from 3 to 12. This is 12, it's like dangerous levels. Mine was 14, beyond dangerous. So, but I didn't say how unfair it is, they were trying to poison me. I said that was knowledge that we had then. Now. I'm going to pay money, and they will extract all the mercury feelings. And indeed, there was a specialist who put special little net and cotton so that mercury that they take out wouldn't fall into my body. And, and they took out my mercury feelings. The same thing yeah, with Can food. I ask you something now? Can I ask you one thing? Sure. When, when, when an oil company makes an oil spill and destroys the environment, they have to pay to clean it up. 
Why do I have to pay the dentist to take out something that they put in that they knew was dangerous? They should be taking it out for free and putting in the good stuff for free. Not the mess. You have to go pay for it. That's another example of this illusion that you're under. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm sorry. We are not in illusion. Both of us not, no longer are in illusion. We both understand that the world is full of challenges, that the corporations unfortunately care about making money rather than people's health. The same thing with food industry. But that's why we have our mind, our consciousness, and we are responsible for the choices we make. We can either spend our time resenting people who do the wrong things, or we can say, what can I do now to make sure that I'm not poisoning myself? That's it. If you focus on the, that's an example of focusing on negativity, not that you are not right, but where does it take you? Let's say if you feel angry, you're paying the price because that lowers your immune system. The chemicals in your body are destroying your body. So now it's not only that corporations are destroying you, but you are destroying you because you are angry, norepinephrine is flowing in your brain, and byproducts of burned norepinephrine is high acidity. And high acidity destroys lining of your stomach, or lowers your immune system. How about that? Now you're screwed two times. First by the others, and now by yourself. That's why say, thank God, I am aware now. That's it. There is nothing else to talk. Remember Forrest Gump? Did you see the movie Forrest Gump? No, I didn't see it. No. I, I don't oh, like uh, Tom Hanks too much. I don't, uh, I don't believe he's a, a good person. No, I have my but, reason to believe that. Yeah. But the movie was fantastic. So, But I just wanted to refer to something where he says he, he makes a T-shirt. And it's, uh, no, no, he doesn't make a T-shirt. But he, he suggests to someone and somebody makes a T-shirt with the words, shit happens. And it does. Shit always happens. So all we need, we, we can look at it as, look, the world is full of shit. I'm drowning. I'm miserable. Why is it happening? And then we look for someone to blame. And there are people to blame. Or we can say, shit happens. What do you do? How do I clean up the shit? How, to, how do I make my life and life those who I love better? Not 100%, maybe 5%, maybe by 10%. But making that effort, while making the effort, you assert your will and it makes that the process of, of thriving toward that improvement may make you feel happier or at least contented. So it's everything you said today is 100% accurate about about life. This was a, like a rude awakening for me. And believe me, I know a lot, a lot of things. Uh, I read the book by John Perkins, who worked for NSA, National Security Agency. The book is called Confessions of an Economic Hitman. There are many, many bad things I learned about America, but I also learned wonderful things. And I choose to avoid association with negativity, but it's important to know it, acknowledge it, and then you seek association with people and events and, and uh, efforts that promote well-being and health. Thank you very much for calling me. I really appreciate Thank your you. call. You're welcome.
Okay. You you want to say something? Uh, I don't. Yeah, want I to just talk. wanted to ask you a question. Of you said you're like me. We we we're not in a living in an illusion anymore because we yeah. know how we've been tricked. Well, how what's the percentage of people do you believe? are not living in an illusion anymore that know what me and you know out of the honestly, out of the whole honestly, 8 billion what percentage of the 8 billion people on the planet know that they're living in an illusion i i don't know honestly uh, i don't know about other countries but i think that american people a lot of people know the illusion uh, but the question is how many choose to to deny the truth that's that's different ah that's the one yes. yeah that's a different they're in approach. denial and right. they think they're happy being in this denial and to me that's self-defeating that's that's accepting that we're slaves and and we're just going to go about our lives doing nice things and giving charity, and this is all supposed to make everything better. It's not going to be working for somebody like me. And I don't know how you can say these things. The example you used about how you could go to the dentist and pay them to take out the, yes. the, the, the mercury that they put in, that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. Why not? That's not how things are supposed to happen. We're supposed to base our society on fairness and love, not on deception and no, hate. No, I'm sorry. No, no. When you, the moment you say that's how it's supposed to be, you're talking about some ideal. Supposed to, but it's not. The reality is not like that. And if you stick, that's how do you exactly know? How do you mean. know that? Weren't the Native Americans living in this in this country before? The Europeans arrived and took over. Weren't they living here without damaging the planet? They were living in teepees. They didn't create houses and schools and all of this stuff that destroys us. They were living the way God wanted them to live. Just live with the land and take what you need and not more than that. And respect everything, the animals and the planet. That's not happening. When we killed those people that were doing that, we destroyed everything, and that's why there has to be something supernatural to save us from this, because we can't do it for ourselves, because I believe only 5% of the 8 billion are, are, are not living in an illusion, and everybody else is, or they're in a denial of it. I don't know about percent. I don't know where you got the percent, but possibly. And I have it's great respect what for... What I believe. I, I, I have great respect for Native Americans, and I have a friend who is a chief of Lakota Nation, uh, Howard. Uh, and yet I have to say that we cannot idealize. The, every community, every society has its own problems. People make up stories that somebody else lived better life. Yes, they did, didn't destroy nature, but they were very successful destroying each other. And they still had slaves. They enslaved people of different tribes. Were you In living then? How did you know that? Uh, that's history. That's history. Yeah, well, that's history can be uh, made up also. That's all part of the illusion, Med making us think that World War II and all that was about freedom when it was about 
murdering people and, and tricking us into believing something else. Mm-hmm. See, you're not thinking on, on a large scale of, of the deception that has gone on up to this point. We're only here to serve them. Once the machines are going to be made to take our place, we're expendable and we're going to be eliminated. And that's how the only way they can think of making this planet back the way it was. They, they, made, they made us populate this planet so they could get super rich. Now that they're super rich, they don't need us anymore. We're creating the machines for that to take our place. We went to college to learn to be engineers and the makers of these robots so that they can take our place. And the people that are doing it don't even realize that. You know, everything you say, I I know, I I, I think I know where it comes from. And even more, I agree with you. The the many things, including the whole thing with COVID-19 operation, extermination of people, of possibly uh, the world being taken over by global government. I, I agree with you. What I'm saying is, we, since we're discussing happiness, we're talking about happiness, We, even though we know all that exists, we can choose, one, to do everything to unite, to connect with people who are like-minded, and to resist this globalization and resist these uh, global predators, as Dr. Bregan calls them, or we can say life isn't fair, it should be better, and be depressed about it. I always call for action. What can you do today and this coming week and the, this coming month to connect with people who are like-minded and make an effort to make a world better place? That's all. Now, thank well, you. Thank you again for, for calling. Well, I'll e- tell you one at, thing, Dr. Resnick, at least, at least you got me to appreciate something to be happy about knowing that I'm not living in an illusion and I'm not in denial of that. That's right. something to be happy about, I guess, if that's yes. the yes, best absolutely. I can get. Oh, you found something to be happy about. Thanks for calling right. me. All right. Thank you, Dr. Peter Bresnik. Have a nice day. You too. Thanks. Okay, Bye-bye. ladies and gentlemen, that was a very nice call. Uh, and you can see that people have yeah, different yeah, attitudes. So yeah. let me tell you something yeah. about the yeah. attitude I started telling you about exactly accepting life as is, and I started telling you about my um, my hairdresser. I was every year for Hanukkah, I was receiving my from my ex father in law present, uh, Muhammad from New York. Oh, wonderful! Uh, okay, uh, self again, <laughs> Fadera will will wait. I will be. Talking to Mohammed. Mohammed, you're on the air. Welcome. Okay, good afternoon. Hope all is well with you. Thank you. Yes, and how are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. I'll just, just say this for happiness. Yes. All of us come here gifted. And not just one gift. We are multi-talented. But yes. the key is discovering, exploring, discovering your gifts and developing them. All of us are put here in some ways to help each other. And when you discover what your gifts are, and we all have them, some people go through life, never realize them, never discover them, never utilize them. But when you discover what your gifts are and you go out and help, that will bring you happiness and more or less like a natural high. 
and with your children. When you work with those children, when they're young like that, and they're still beautiful, and they appreciate the concern, the care, and the love you have for them, that's a how also. I'm going to just give you an example. Mm-hmm. I worked with, in the school system with some young people who had problems learning. And one of my gifts was I was a teacher. Now, as a young person, teaching was one job that I knew I didn't want. But I, I was blessed to have that gift. So when I worked with the, the students who had difficulties learning, I had the patience and the insight that I was blessed with to help them and to see them struggle with certain concepts and then to see them understand it, not just know it, but understand it and see the happiness that come over them once they understand. That was a high for me. That was just like a high with someone go out and smoke uh, the, the, the uh, drugs or drink and get high. Seeing those children learn was a high for me, you know, and that was one of my gifts. And when we keep going and helping each other like we all put here to do, we are going to change this world. Uh, now, I'm going to just give you three things that people need to work on. Yes. Hope, that's desire with expectation. Faith, that's belief in something you can't see. When you go to school in the first grade, mm-hmm. you think, you believe that you're going to achieve, but it doesn't necessarily have to happen. You might die tomorrow. But belief, convinced that you can do something. Work on those three of many of the things. Hope, desire. That's a um, desire is a, a a craving for something, not just to want something, but a craving. But when you go out there and help, develop that gift that you were gifted with, and go out there and help, that will bring you happiness in working with your children, providing for them, seeing how they appreciate it. That will bring you happiness, you know. And you raise them in the same way, and we're going to change this world. We're going to make it a better world. The way we live in now, this is a temporary thing. And those who don't believe in the Bible, the Holy Quran, and those kind of books, that's okay, yeah. too. But it's already written how this thing would end. Thank you, Dr. Vesic, for hearing well, me. Appreciate well, it. God bless you. I love what you just said. I love what you said. Yeah, I totally good. I, I actually made notes. And uh, when I will be posting the write-up about this show, I will make notes with your assignment. Uh, Thank because you so it's much. beautiful. It, it, I, I intended also to talk about these things, but you preempted my talk. So it's perfect. Oh, thank thank you, you. Thank you very much. You absolutely, you're your gift, you know, and you having them. In fact, uh, there was a great, great humanistic psychologist, um, Abraham Maslow, who said, mm-hmm. our tendencies, our tendency of our personality is actualization of one's potentialities. The closer right. one to actualizing one's potentialities, the happier and more fulfilled a person will feel. Okay, and and that's exactly what you said. That's exactly what you said. I'll not let someone else get in. I went from teacher to being a psychotherapist. And boy, it's a lot of joy in that, too. And just learning and studying psychoanalysis, that, that is so enlightening. Just, so that's where you get your happiness from. Thank you for hearing me, Dr. Wesley. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for calling, Mohammed. God bless you. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I am so happy these people called. 
And I am, I'm afraid, I don't want to ruin the story of Sal Federa, my um, former hairdresser. While story of hair. Sal Federa, my um, former hairdresser. While story of hair. Sal Federa, my um, former hairdresser. While story of hair. Hello? Sal Federa, my um, former hairdresser. While story of hair. Sal Federa, my um, former hairdresser. While story now it's fixed. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to ruin the story of Salfadera because it's really a great story. And it definitely relates to happiness and fulfillment. So I don't want to rush with the story. But that's exactly what I will start with next week. Let's continue our dialogue on happiness. Uh, I'm very grateful um, to these two gentlemen who called. I'm looking forward to you, um, whoever wants to send an email with your list of things that make you happy. And if you don't mind, also write your write to me if you don't mind me sharing with people about your list. So again, thank you, E, and thank uh, from Edgewater and Mohammed from New York for your calls. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking forward to your emails uh, and looking forward also to having your attention and hopefully your participation next week, next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Um, enjoy your life. Be happy. Peace to all who want to live in peace.